open your heart for God's word today, would you? Open your heart for God's word. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 7. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Would you lift that hand with me and let's say it with the heavenly beings. Everybody with me now, say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. How many of you know this worship is taking place as we speak? Living creatures in the presence of God. Living creatures. And they cry out this without rest, without break. Because how many of you know that every time they see God or every time God moves or every moment there's another revelation of who God is to them and all they can say is holy without end this is what they cry out as a disciple how many disciples of Jesus are here today as a disciple the only way you can have communion with God is to worship him in spirit and in truth. True worship is supernatural. True worship is supernatural. It saddens me, it grieves me what has become of worship in the body of Christ. Worship was never meant to be what it has become in the church. The world has singing, music, talent, performance, entertainment, concerts, events, and for some reason, people in the church think that that is worship. How many of you know you can have singing, music, and great events, performance, concerts in the natural? With natural talent, with natural ability, without God, you can have the most beautiful music. You can have the most beautiful sound and the most beautiful performance or event, the most beautiful talent that takes your breath away. And yet it can all be without God. It's natural. But worship is not natural. Worship is supernatural. True worship is supernatural. True worship is supernatural. It's heavenly. It's not earthly, it's not natural. 
So dare I say that there are some in the church today or some churches today that may call it worship, but in reality it's not worship. Worship is beyond music, talent, singing, ability that even the world has. So what is worship? Who must we worship? How must we worship? I want to say that every believer here this morning, you are called to be a worshiper of God. And not only a worshiper of God, but you must worship Him, Jesus said, in spirit and in truth, for He is spirit. God cannot be worshipped in the soul dimension. The soul dimension is where we can enjoy music. Music is beautiful. Singing is beautiful. We can listen to it and enjoy it and sing with it and it's wonderful. But that is in the soul dimension. It can refresh you. It can make you feel better. It can comfort you. How many of you know music is powerful? But that can be in the soul. But worshiping God cannot be in the soul. You cannot worship God in the soul. You have to worship Him in spirit. You have to worship Him in spirit. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. But what I want you to see here is, is that today I want to activate every disciple, every believer here in true worship, in supernatural worship, where your worship is not natural or ordinary, but when you worship God privately in your home, wherever you are, or corporately as a church, that our worship will be supernatural that our worship will be spirit and truth because when we worship, the kingdom of God is made manifest and the kingdom is expanded. Thank you, guys. I'll call you up in a moment. So as disciples, we must know Him in worship, in spirit, and in truth. Now, we see here in the presence of God four living creatures. And they represent an attribute of Jesus. The first one like a lion, represents Jesus as the king. The second one as the face of a calf, and it represents Jesus as the lamb of God. The third one has the face of a man and represents Jesus as the Messiah. How many of you are grateful that there's the face of a man in the presence of God today? Because without Jesus, there was no intercession for men. God is spirit. But Jesus the Messiah became a man so that he can represent us before God. The face of Christ, the man. And then the face of an eagle represents the deity of Jesus. How many of you know Jesus is more than just a man? He is the Son of God. So, We see even with the four Gospels. The four Gospels is a revelation of these faces. Matthew is a revelation of Jesus as king. We see that Mark is a revelation of Jesus as the man. And Luke is the Lamb of God. And John represents or reveals Jesus as the Son of God. He begins, John, by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. 
So we see it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, you will always have a fresh revelation of Jesus. Genesis 1 verse 1 declares that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Along with everything God created, He also created not only the earth and the heavens and people and animals, but He also created angels. He created angels, angelic beings. And out of the angels that He created, which is innumerable, each one having a name that God knows he personally created each one. He had three very powerful beings, archangels. Gabriel, we know, is an archangel. Michael is an archangel. Gabriel, L at the end of his name in the Hebrew is God. Michael, L at the end of Michael, L is God. So we see the signature of God in their names. Michael actually means who is like God. Gabriel had authority and has authority over the communication department of the kingdom of heaven. Michael is in charge of warfare and military. He is the one who leads the angels of God into battle and warfare. He deals with that. Lucifer, the third archangel, was created to oversee worship. He was appointed to lead worship, but Lucifer became corrupt in the presence of God, in heaven. He became corrupt. He was perverted, twisted. Iniquity was found in him. He began to rebel in his heart. He began to, to say that he wants to be Worshipped. He wants to be like God. Lucifer literally means, the name means one who brings light. Ezekiel 28 tells us about this being. Thus says the Lord God, Ezekiel 28 verse 12, talking about who Satan was, Lucifer. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, an emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths 
of the pit. So we see that Lucifer was perfect, was anointed, had stones in him, a living, walking being full of the most precious stones that lit up when he worshipped God. He glowed and glistened with that light. And inside of him was pipes and timbrels, musical instruments, and out of his being would come worship and sounds and music and beauty. He did not need musicians to play. He was a living, walking orchestra, a being that carried sound, music, precious stones, and the anointing was upon him to lead God's heavenly angels into worship. But the Bible says iniquity was found in him, pride. He became proud and rebelled against God. It was the sin of pride and rebellion that caused him to fall. And when the first couple in Eden, Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve fell from God's presence, they fell the same way. They fell because of pride and they rebelled. Iniquity was found in their hearts. And they took on the nature of Satan. And so on the earth right now, they are the, the whole earth, how many of you know the whole earth is influenced by that nature, that fallen nature of pride and rebellion and iniquity. It has generational effects. And we see that in his heart, in Lucifer's heart, there was, while he was worshiping God, while he was glowing, while the sound of the music was flowing from his being, and while the angels were worshiping Elohim in his heart, he was with his lifted hands. He was saying, I want to be like you. I want this for me. I want to be like God. But worship reveals hearts. Whenever you worship, your heart is open. God searches your heart when you worship. That's why a proud person, a rebellious heart, a heart of iniquity cannot worship God. Worship is all about your heart. Worship is about the condition of the heart. The heart of a person determines their worship. Not the sound of their voice or their talent or ability or even the posture of their hands. The condition of their heart. Worship is determined by your heart. Lift your hands with me, would you, and say this. Say, Father, remove every form of pride, of rebellion, of iniquity from my heart. In Jesus' name. The moment iniquity is found, God said, I will cast you out of my sanctuary. You cannot feel the presence of God. You cannot enter the presence of God. A church that has iniquity in it will not experience the presence of God when they worship. They'll sing, but the presence of God will not manifest because there's iniquity. Iniquity is a mixture. It's a perversion. It's a twisted thing. 
the devil is a trader. He trades. We see this in Ezekiel 28. By the abundance of your trading, Ezekiel 28, 16, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. So we see Lucifer was filled with iniquity and violence from within, and he sinned in his pride, in his rebellion, and he wants to take as many people as he can with him. He took one-third of the angels with him. Are you still here? Should I close? For some people, I think they're wondering, what is this all about? Let me tell you something. If you can worship God in spirit and in truth, your life will change. Your house will change. Your body, your finances, every other area will change. But nothing will change until we become worshipers. Now, Satan, the Bible says, he was one who traded. How many of you know he's a negotiator? He's a trader. He says, if you give me this, I'll give you this. He, he was trading with Adam in the garden. He was negotiating. Nothing will happen to you if you eat from this tree. You'll become like God if you do. And how many of you know he came and negotiated with Jesus and he traded with Jesus. And he said, if you worship me, then I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. I find it fascinating that this creature, this created being, he's not the creator, he's a created being, has the audacity to come to the Son of God and say to him, to his face, if you worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms. Do you, do you understand the mind, the thought? The psyche of who he is. He, he craves worship. He demands it. And he actually believes he deserves it. Yet he wants it. If he tempted Jesus with that temptation, he surely would tempt everyone here. Now, he may not appear to you and give all that, but he, what he will do is he, he'll come with other negotiations. Try to keep you from church. Try to keep you from lifting your hands. Try to keep you. He'll distract you with somebody, with an issue. Arr. Because he wants to stop you from worshiping. Are you here? So if he can't stop us from worshiping, what he'll try and do is pervert the worship. Just like if he cannot stop the order of God in families with a husband, a wife, and children, he will try and pervert it. He doesn't always... He might not destroy churches, but he'll try and pervert churches. It's just a perversion. And when this happened in worship in a church, when this perversion in worship oh my. when this perversion in worship the presence of God cannot manifest people cannot be healed delivered and touched or set free the supernatural doesn't manifest the presence of God is shut down he knows how to do it pervert the worship make them sing about themselves 
not about God. Let's just change the worship into it's all about them and not about God. Little things. So, are you still here? Somebody still hanging around here today? <laughs> so, when there's iniquity found in your heart, do you know what the first thing will be that will happen? If iniquity is in me, I will stop worshiping God. I cannot worship God if I have iniquity in me. I don't have time to go into that. But Lucifer was jealous of God. Dylan, would you come please? He was rebellious. He hardened his heart. And I want to say this to you today. We must review and check our hearts every time we come to worship God. Because how many of you know when we play church, when there's a little bit of the flesh, a little bit of the world, and a little bit of the kingdom of God, it is perverted worship. And God says, I want pure worship. And pure worship comes from a heart that is fully surrendered. God created man in his image. Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Why did God create man in his image and likeness? Because God wanted to be adored. He wanted to be worshipped. Lucifer fell from heaven, took one third of the angels. How many of you know that God created man? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came together in a meeting. Just the Trinity. And they said, the Father spoke and said, Let us make man in our image and likeness. Why? Because God wanted to be adored and worshipped by this creature, this creation, this being hmm, that he invested all of himself into. God said they will now not be like the angels. They will have our image. And God breathed the breath of life into him. God's breath, God's breath, God's life, God's spirit came into that creation. Lucifer had timbrels and pipes and stones in him, but you and I have much more than the timbrels and the pipes and the stones. We have the very spirit and breath of God on the inside of us. And when we worship God, we release the sound of God. That's why Satan does not want the church to worship. Because whenever you begin to worship in spirit and in truth, whenever you begin to sing in other tongues, whenever you begin to play or sing or make music or lift those hands and worship God privately or corporately, whenever you do it, your voice has a specific imprint that God recognizes out of all people on the planet. There's only one voice, your voice, that has a specific imprint. And when you worship Him, 
that sound in you supersedes the sound of instruments, choirs, and angels. Oh, come on, somebody. Especially when you sing in other tongues. How many of you know to sing in other tongues? God reserved it for us. You cannot sing in tongues without being full of the Holy Spirit. But when you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you're full of the Holy Spirit and you begin to sing in other tongues, you have a manifestation of worship and God in you that is not like angels. Come on, somebody. It's God's sound. I said it's God's sound. God moves in the dimension of the sound of your voice and your worship. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. Won't you release your sound a little bit? Come on. Do something with your voice. Hey. God moves in the sound. I declare today, everybody knows me. They know the church. We always close. <laughs> we always close at the right time. Today, it's a total different story. You know why? You know why? Because there's a transition happening in the spirit. Revelation chapter 4, 1. After these things I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, Come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. So I declare to you today, there's a door opened up today in heaven over you, over me, over this church. We are transitioning in the spirit. We are going to worship in a new place, a new dimension, in a new way, in a new sound, with the sound of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. In this transition, you will feel to worship God the whole time. Like your worship will flow, it won't stop. And you'll actually begin to worship with new sounds new chunks, new words, new melodies, something that was not heard or known before. There's a movement of God on the earth now. And this movement is going to be carried with worship. Worship is going to carry this movement of the glory and the presence of God. That's why there must be worshipers. That's why there must be people that know how to worship in spirit and in truth. I activate you now. I activate you now. I mobilize you now. I stir up in you now. Worship. Worship is perfected on earth, not in heaven. Matthew 21, 16. The religious people say to Jesus, Do you hear what these are saying? I need it on the screen. Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Jesus said, Yes, I hear what they're saying. Because they were saying, Hosanna, 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 Hosanna to the Son of David. 
There was a new sound in the temple. There was a new song. There was a new worship. There was a new praise. Little children were praising and worshiping. And the religious crowd said, do you hear that? And he said, yes, yes. He said, because it is written, Jesus said to them, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. How many of you know babies, nursing infants, children, they can't talk yet. They babble. They make sounds. Wah. They giggle, they laugh, but they can't talk. So Jesus said, it is written out of the mouths of babies, nursing infants that just know how to babble and make sounds out of their mouths, I'll take that sound, I'll take that babble, I'll take that little noises, and I'll perfect it and make it praise unto God. Lift your hands and give God praise. Listen, how many of you know that there are people here today maybe you think you don't have a great voice maybe in church you don't sing loud because somebody told you at one time that you know you can't sing but I want you to know what God's Word says it says that he will perfect your praise you don't have to sing great you don't have to know anything about music. You can be on the wrong key. You can be completely out of rhythm. And God says, I'll perfect your praise. I will receive it. I'll make it powerful. I'll make it beautiful. I'll make it dynamic. So if you've ever had your mouth closed, no more. It's time to open your mouth. It's time to let the sound, the voice, the power of God out. Would you lift those hands and release a sound? Come on. Release a sound of praise. Release a sound of worship. Satan did not create worship. He did not create music. God is the creator of worship and sound and music. And I prophesy today that we the church, we are taking back from the world what belongs to the body of Christ. We're taking the sound back. We're taking the worship back. We're taking the praise back. We're taking it back. I, I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Stand to your feet as I get ready. I want to activate three anointings. Singers, would you come? The whole team, come right now. But this is not only for the worship team. This is for you, where you are standing. Lift your hands if you want this anointing. 